pull over, lean in. It's time for the Soft Shoulder Podcast. I am your host, Danette Relic of Radical Creative Sanctuary, inviting spaciousness for your mind and your heart. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. The Soft Shoulder is your time, your time to slow down and fuel up on self-love support so you can make the most of your gorgeous life. Join me here. Everyone needs a soft shoulder. Hello, sweet listener. I've been thinking a lot about uh, how we're all doing. (laughs) How we're all really doing in this um, in this strange time I'm thinking about you and where you are when you're listening to this I am really hoping that the soft shoulder is doing what it's intended to do the soft shoulder is like a play on a, a soft shoulder of a human that you can kind of lean on curl up to get a little close and it's also the soft shoulder like at the side of a road where you can pull over <laughs> and uh, take a little break, take a little time out, catch your breath, reflect on where you're going, right? Um, Perhaps redirect or just, you know, take a nap (laughs) at the side of the road before you continue this journey. Because, you know, it requires so much endurance, doesn't it? And it requires endurance even in the best of times because, I am a creation of nature, you are a creation of nature, and we are both creators. And it's in our nature to create for as long as we're here in all kinds of ways. And this is endurance, this takes endurance. That's why cycles are important. That's why rest is important. Rest is not a time out from the cycle. (laughs) Rest is an important part of the cycle, of the growth cycle, right? And some days I am just full of joy and hope. Some days I am doing my work. I am laughing with a friend. I am just listening to music. Or this morning I woke up and went for a walk and there was some some frost on the neighboring lawns. Um, The lawn is kind of like the color of hay. It's like that really pale golden color, uh, really dry. But early in the morning it was like, It was like someone had just sprinkled glitter all over it, like soft white flower and glitter, and it was just shimmering. And it was so cold out. (laughs) Not as cold as it is maybe where you are, definitely colder where some of you are. And uh, my face was so, so like bright and cold. I could feel the chill inside each nostril. Like, have you ever been really aware of both your nostrils from the inside? Um, People in cold weather climates know this feeling. And I was just looking at the lawn, glittering like that, shimmering like that, this kind of ugly old dry lawn, and it looked so magical to me. I've been really grateful for these moments um, in enduring the pandemic and in enduring my recovery from the concussion and um, all of it compounding and then new things, right? There's always something coming into our lives. So I don't know where you are or how your home life is, 
how your creative life is, how your work life, how your heart is, how your body's feeling, how your mental health is holding together these days, where you're thriving, where you're grateful, what has changed. You know, I know that there's a lot going on in these days where everything has an eerie kind of sense of normalcy for many people, but in a way that isn't complete, you know, um, I don't feel like it is anyway. I don't feel like um, not being with people, being in community in a physical way. Um, there's something that doesn't quite feel right. I was thinking about it like I'm in this habitat <laughs> and it seems like I have everything I need, which I am so grateful for. And at the same time, it's this like artificial habitat in some ways, right? And it reminded me of uh, um, a song lyric that, I've never forgotten from Mia Sheard. And I think the song is called The Tortoise and the Harris. Harris? Is that H silence? Anyway. Um, um, let's see if I can recall it from memory. <laughs> uh, such a far cry from the ocean in this glass box on the shelf with no predators to hunt me, I should like to kill myself. And this is like from the perspective of a pet turtle in the bedroom of, you know, some very privileged young girl, I guess. <laughs> and so um, I'm not quite where the turtle is. Um, so thank you for your concern. I'm, I'm okay. But it's this weird thing, this, um, this beautiful world, right? The chorus is beautiful world. Let me carry you on my back. Uh, I forget how the rest of it goes. But, you know, it's like everything's there <laughs> and yet um it's contained in this kind of strange um in this strange way that just sort of disconnects us from the wildness of ourselves you know anyway this is what i'm thinking about today um and uh, and thinking about you and where you're at and how um how dreamy these thoughts can be and these reflections about the pandemic where some things can be so um when i say the pandemic honestly that's just a catch-all phrase for the all of the things that the last two years the world has been holding and how that has been affecting all of us as a as a species as a, as a collective your small communities your intimate communities you know um some days it's very reflective. Some days I'm laughing hysterically at the absurdity of it all. Um, lots of in-betweens, lots of joy and some despair. And some days I feel like I have so much capacity and a lot of days I just don't even know how I'm getting through the days. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to, to share that with you as well. Um, I know I come to the soft shoulder to provide the soft shoulder for you and so <laughs> um but uh yeah you know um uh it's not you're not alone if you feel a little all over the place and i'm sure that you know that right so believe it or not that's not what this episode is about <laughs> but i was thinking too about things that i wished i'd known um, ways in which I wish I hadn't felt alone on things, um, things that might be missing and things that maybe aren't being said quite enough and that maybe some of you out there just hadn't really thought of it, hadn't really been reminded of this um, 
and it's really uh, an invitation to be extremely kind with yourself. And I want to talk about something very particular about boundaries. So I know in the last couple of years, especially your relationships have all been going through some kind of transition, right? Some kind of change, um, whether you're locked down with people close to you, whether you are separated from people you would like to be closer to, um, the, the frequency and ease with which we were able to have all kinds of relationships, right? With our community, with our friends, uh, coworkers, um, if you worked in a physical space, right? So um, it's been interesting and it's been strange and um, I'm so curious about all of this too and how we'll look back on it and find out what's really going on. But if there's, if there's, if you are somebody who has been looking at your relationship patterns and if you are someone who has been interested in the word boundaries um, in the last, I don't know, handful of years, or maybe this is a new thing where you're like, oh, I get what this is about, or I, I get what this problem actually is about, you know, um, there's a pressure cooker, um, <laughs> right, with the last couple of years that may have revealed um, some of the perhaps like dysfunctional ways that your relationships have been operating, right? So there's, if you have looked it up, if you have gone down this uh, rabbit hole, this like beautiful little land of boundary education, there's so many. There's so many great people speaking about it, writing about it, um, giving great uh, tips and awareness, and also just normalizing having healthy boundaries. Um, I feel like that's a really important and wonderful thing. Now, I also know that it's not easy. And once you start doing this work of setting boundaries, you will receive pushback, okay? <laughs> so it's not you might, it's you will. <laughs> if, you know, if you're really doing this work at some point, it's going to happen. And I like to see it as sort of like um, associating it with a positive because if you're an engineer, I think I've said this in another episode, if you're an engineer, and you're building a bridge, you wanna know the weak parts of that bridge. If you are building a structure, you're working with a team, you want people to press and to test the prototypes, right? To be like, oh, okay, here's where actually this bridge is not as strong as I thought. Here is where we could get into danger if we build it this way, right? So I want you to imagine if you are someone who's setting boundaries and having a hard time and not sure if you're doing it right, notice where the pushback is happening where the bridge isn't quite connecting for you, where it's not all easy peasy and everything's fine. These are the cracks in the bridge structure. These are helpful um, demonstrations of where you need to build smarter, where you need to reinforce, where you need to redesign, right? And that's great because ultimately the goal isn't being perfect and never having any problems. The goal is building this beautiful, strong bridge that you can count on, right? And then we're doing the same thing with the boundaries. We wanna know and understand ourselves enough to even know what our boundaries are. And then we wanna know how to communicate those effectively to whoever is involved, whoever you know it may concern. And we also wanna know how to troubleshoot and enforce these things. So there will be people who understand the boundary and respect the boundary, and then there will be 
people who don't. And this is the part where it's like, but I set a boundary and <laughs> why, why are they not respecting them? And this is the tricky part because it's not up to them, right? They're, the boundary is yours, yours to maintain, not theirs to maintain. And that's why it's really important to, to really think about what it is. The boundary, I've heard like, um, boundaries are how I can love myself and you simultaneously. I forget who said that. Um, if you know who said that, please let me know who said that. I think I've read it in many a Pinterest quote. Um, and it's so important because it's not about shutting someone out. It's not about like, like having a fortress around you. There might be certain circumstances where that temporarily is important. Um, but I like to think of it as an allergy, right? And this is where like, your boundaries aren't there to control other people, right? Everyone gets to decide what they're doing. The boundary is what you will and will not do, will and will not tolerate. And you're letting people know this. And then you need to also know what you will do if, um, if, if that comes up, right? So let's say you just, you don't, you don't like mushrooms, right? You're just not a fan. And you tell people you don't like mushrooms and they end up on the pizza anyway. You might be disappointed. You might be like, I'm really annoyed that you don't listen to me. Um, but this is not a boundary, right? This is like a preference. It might be a strong preference and all that. But this is not necessarily a boundary, right? If you are highly allergic to mushrooms, if you would go into shock and lose your access to breath when you ate mushrooms or anything that had touched a mushroom, then you would say to somebody, um, please no mushrooms. If there are mushrooms on the pizza, I won't be able to eat it. I am severely allergic. Then you're letting them know what the boundary is. The boundary is you don't want, you can't have mushrooms on your pizza. And if there are mushrooms on your pizza, you won't be eating it. So you will be removing yourself from this dinner. That very clearly explains, you know, the important information to the other person and then they make a decision. Hopefully, <laughs> they'll just not want to kill you and not get the mushrooms on the pizza, right? Um, but, you know, you can see the slippery slope when you start exploring boundaries of people just randomly calling a preference a boundary and how that can get very messy in certain circumstances, right? So I'm speaking about specific boundaries, not preferences. Um, so here's the thing. If you're doing this work and you are experiencing where... Um, People aren't respecting them or your, your boundaries aren't being respected, let's say. Um, here's something that, you know, doesn't usually, uh, <laughs> it doesn't usually get led with, um, like the books and stuff that I read, the articles that I read, all of the things that I like he have heard about boundaries as I've been studying them quite a lot the last, I don't know, five years or so more than ever, is um, the importance of power dynamics here and you know so like if you're studying boundaries and, and putting them in place and you say I don't want mushrooms on the pizza and pe mushrooms keep showing up on that pizza um, it can be very frustrating right it can be hurtful uh, um, kind of maddening um, and it can be um, obviously it's a problem and you might be thinking I told them I don't, I can't have mushrooms on the pizza. 
um, they keep putting mushrooms on the pizza. And then there's like this kind of powerlessness, right? But like, uh, it's, it's them. They're the ones responsible for, um, you know, for, uh, sorry. <laughs> Where are the words? They're the ones responsible for honoring my boundaries, not me, right? But you are the one who's honoring your boundaries. It's not other people who are honoring your boundaries. It's you, right? Um, so the importance of power is because if you're doing this and you're experimenting with this kind of thing and you're coming up with pushback and resistance from people in your life, I want you to ask yourself before you beat yourself up, about that you're not good at it, you don't have healthy boundaries, you always cave, you're doing it wrong. This is an this is a moment where I know a lot of you, it's so easy, right, to just beat yourself up about it. It's so easy to be critical of yourself about it and feel angry, resentful, frustrated, and not know how to get out. And it's also easy to kind of lean into a place where you're identifying as a victim, right? Where you're giving the power away and like, why won't they do this? Why won't this happen? There must be something wrong with me, you know? And so the key word here is power. Now in, I think the first, the first book that I read where they really actually acknowledge this specific dynamic. And when I heard, because it was, I listened to the audiobook, when I heard her say it, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> why isn't, why aren't like, this needs to be at the beginning, not like thrown in here somewhere, right? This is so important. So the, the book, the first book that, it's probably not the only text that talks about this. For me, this was just the moment where I heard it first. And it's Faith G. Harper is the author of a book called Unfuck Your Boundaries, Build Better Relationships Through Consent, Communication, and Expressing Your Needs. Great book, okay? One of, one of my favorites on the topic. Um, but she took her time in talking about how all of this boundary work is great, all of this reading and studying is great. Listen to podcasts, learn how to make requests, do all this stuff. That's great. And if you are in a situation with somebody else who has power <laughs> that is different from yours, this you, you can't measure your success in upholding your boundaries in it the same way as you could with just two people who are equals, right? So for example... Um, if you are in a relationship with somebody, say you're married to somebody and you have children and this person's not respecting your boundaries a lot and you start to develop a voice and articulate this, articulate your needs and you start expressing, these are some boundaries that I have here and this person continues to not acknowledge them. Um, the thing is, unlike the pizza with the mushrooms, you could just not eat the pizza now you'll have to go somewhere else and find dinner somewhere else and that'll be really upsetting and whatever, but it's doable. If you're in a situation where your spouse is, um, you know, like su supporting you financially or you need the two of you to keep the house that you have or the apartment that you're renting. If this person is like the primary caregiver of your children um, and, you know, like, there's, there's some complicated situations here where it's not like just like, you know, well, this is my boundary and then they push against it and then what? Because you have to decide what that and what is, right? How do you honor that boundary? Um, 
So, you know, this is like, there's a lot of scenarios and Faith G. Harper goes into this in her book. Um, but especially if somebody is, if you're in a workplace, um, if your health depends on this person, if your ability to feed your kids, feed yourself, pay your rent, um, if this person is a leader of a community that you are a part of, right? Like let's say you're part of a spiritual community and the leader of that spiritual community is, you know, pushing back and disrespecting your boundaries. Well, you know, it might just seem like, oh, why don't you just not put up with it or not go there anymore? But there can be a lot of power in a community like that. Like think of like a yoga community or something where let's say you showed up there because you really needed to feel seen and to belong. This is These are core human needs, right? Um, belonging, we need this. This is not just a little thing. And if this person isn't just another member of that community, but is the leader of that community, there is a power dynamic here, right? They're a spiritual leader. There's a power dynamic there. So I'm not going to tell you all the solutions because obviously I don't have them. <laughs> and, you know, it's really complicated, right? It can be. So what I wanted to do in today's episode is remind you of this and ask you, in the place in your life where you are having some struggles around boundaries that aren't being respected, um, and you feel like you've done all the work, you've you've spoken them, you've you know you've you've done whatever you can, and it's still just repeatedly getting boundary violations going on, and you feel stuck and you're blaming yourself. I want you to ask yourself, what is the power dynamic between me and this other person? Do I, you know, is there power that you're giving away and don't blame yourself? Like this isn't victim blaming, but like question, am I giving them power that actually <laughs> they don't really have? They don't like, it's not theirs to have. I can just take it back. Um, or is there this something where I am more at risk by speaking up? You know, are you risking things around your core, like um, needs of survival financial well-being health mental health like is there something going on there now this can be something very obvious like payment financial support that kind of thing or you're like you know healthcare practitioners um, and it can also be the kind of power that we hold in society right like you know i mean how many books have i read <laughs> by white men talking about how to like succeed in the workplace or like be a leader and it's like it is different. It is different for someone who is not a white man to use those tactics in a boardroom or, you know, whatever the situation is, right? So, you know, if you're, at, if you're, for example, if you have a job and you have some kind of like chronic illness or a disability and in the town where you live, it was really difficult to find an accessible workplace, um, it's different than someone else, a coworker who's able-bodied, who would, you know, much more easily with way fewer obstacles be able to leave that job as stressful as it might be and find something else right so there's all different kinds of ways in which this might be impacting your ability to respect and uphold your own boundaries and i just want to say this to you so that you can take a look and i want you to take a look so that you can be really kind to yourself today. I want you to forgive yourself for any of the ways you have beat yourself up over not being good at this, 
right? For any of the ways that you've tried and it didn't quite work, for any of the, you know, times that your bridge was tested and it collapsed, you know, these are opportunities to learn, but also, you know, consider who has the power. I, um, I have coached people through circumstances where, you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't safe to leave a, a, a spouse or a workplace or, you know, something like this. And they knew they wanted to, and they knew it was a problem. And, you know, there was a power dynamic at play that was very real. You know, I'm not going to just be like, make a vision board and like jump off a cliff into your dream. Like sometimes um, you have to really pay attention here. And, and this is not like playing small or giving up. This is what is the loving pace, right? Like what part of loving yourself is protecting yourself and making sure that things are safe and that you're taken care of, right? Um, to support you into like making those actions and taking those brave steps, right? Um, you know, you don't like quit your job, <laughs> you know, out of nowhere, that's really great to start a business without like a, maybe a transition plan. Maybe that isn't the best thing that you is, is good for your new business. And um, maybe the stress of not having your bills paid or not being able to afford the kind of, you know, regular haircuts you were getting or whatever, <laughs> or like dentist appointments, whatever it was. Um, maybe that's not the best thing for you when you're like starting a whole new life and a whole new business, right? Anyways, so, um, you know, what, how these conversations have gone with clients is to recognize where you are recognize the power dynamic, recognize and forgive yourself and acknowledge why you're not taking a more extreme action right away and decide, like find ways to care for yourself while you're there, while you're in this like holding place, this transitional place. And this can all be very secretive, right? If you know that you're in a workplace that you needed to get out of, but you don't have any place to go yet, uh, if you're in a marriage that you can't quite leave yet, but you know that that's the direction you're going, right? This is where you can create a plan to develop the things that you will need for when you get there. This is where you really love up your future self and your future self is going to thank you so much for all the ways that you were kind and for the ways that you prepared and enabled her to take the step, to take the leap, to leave the job, to leave the spouse, right? Now, sleeping with the enemy is an extreme example, but it's <laughs> it's what's popping up in my mind, right? Where like Julia Roberts' character knows she's leaving. Obviously, this is a very extreme example of abuse. And, you know, I, the metaphor is going to end at the swimming part, not where it goes after that. Um, but she had a plan, right? She was like, the only way I'm going to get out of here is if I swim. <laughs> I don't know how to swim. I'm going to take lessons, right? So she was just like saving. I don't know if she was saving money anyway, but she's like basically like preparing by learning, overcoming a fear, practicing. And that's not something you learn overnight. You don't learn to swim overnight or get over your fear of water overnight. So she was doing that over a period of time. And every time she did that, it was her telling herself like, one day I'm going to get you out of here. One day we're going to leave, right? We're preparing to do that. 
Sometimes I find that this metaphor, I've used the metaphor of like a lifeboat, you know, it's like you're not quite on the shore yet, but you can kind of be in this temporary place, right? You're not on the original boat. <laughs> uh, you're on this other transitional boat that's going to take you to the shore where you want to be. What do you need to do, dear listener, to care for your future self? Is it that you need to um, see what kind of alternative support you could put in place during a transition you need to make? Is this like a skill that you need to learn, some therapy that you need to receive? Um, is this like having an emergency savings account put aside, right? And I know that might be like really overwhelming to think about, but you can start. You can start small. You can start talking about it, you know? You can start thinking about the ways in which you might be able to build that bridge for yourself so that you can go. Just because you can't take immediate action now, it doesn't mean you're not brave. It doesn't mean you're not brave. It means that there are legitimate power dynamics at play. You are doing what you can and you love yourself now by being kind and gentle and understanding, and you love your future self by preparing for that becoming. Who are you going to be? Is it worth it? You know, like, is it worth it? If it's going to take, let's say it's, you know, you're at this crap job and it's going to take two years for you to be able to quit, for you to be able to leave for whatever reason, is it worth it? I think it is. You know, what's the alternative? The alternative is feeling like you'll never be able to leave, you know? Um, if you know that you like need to get out of there and it's not good for you, you can start to plan that transition. You can start to rearrange things in your life, build things in your life that will support you in that. And if part of that is just grieving the reality that this might take more time than you thought, allow yourself that feeling, but know it's possible. What would be possible for you if you allowed it more time? What would be possible for you if you gave yourself permission to double that amount of time? But to know that you are on your way there, you have a goal, you have a destination, right? Um, I do recommend Faith G. Harper's book. Uh, if any of this is of interest to you and you're relating to this, that's a great one. Um, there's, there's so many great ones out there, but um, that's a great one. Unfuck your boundaries. Pick it up. I have no affiliate link to offer you, <laughs> but it's, a, it's, a, it's pretty great. And um, I think mostly the message here is that like you are doing such powerful and important work by undoing these patterns of yours. I know how difficult that is. I know that often that is stuff that runs deep, right? These things were built over time, built like deep grooves, right? In your habits and questioning whether the power dynamics are in fact in place. And a lot of times, yes, they are. <laughs> um, and sometimes there's ways in which we have more power than we think. Navigating those two places without gaslighting yourself or victim blaming or doing any of that I think it's so important. It's really easy to, if you're into personal growth stuff, to start just thinking that everything's in your mind and there's no problem in the world, but we're living in a world that uh, there are a lot of systemic issues around power and abuses of power. These things do exist, right? So it's within this 
How can we love? How can we trust? How can we build forward and continue creating the change and being kind to ourselves in the process? This is of utmost importance here. I commend you for doing the work that you're doing. If you want help doing this, if you want help articulating this, working on your boundaries, making a plan, having a coach in your corner while you are in this lifeboat, while you are in this transition, um, it can be life-changing. I know this because I've been told this by a past client and um, uh, this very uh, one in particular that I'm thinking of. And it's just amazing, you know, how sometimes coaching work can, you know, be this slow release, you know, sometimes you get results immediately. Those are the fun, sexy things that get put in testimonials, <laughs> you know, and then there's other work where it's like, oh, these roots were really nourished during that time and they bloom after the fact, they bloom down the road. You look back and you're like, whoa, I can see that. I can see this work and it's alive in me now. Um, it can be really beautiful and rewarding. I love to do it. If you want to book a call with me, please do. You can go to RadicalCreativeSanctuary.com slash contact or on the main page, there's a little picture of a telephone. It says book a call. Uh, do that and we can speak about whether or not it's a good fit for us to work together. And if you are listening to this before January 28th, um, Allison Tarr and I have a workshop coming up, Tarot for Self-Love Rebels. It is on Friday, the 28th of January. It starts at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, and it's gonna be a beautiful experience. Allison Tarr is phenomenal. We are really into each other. We are really into tarot. We're really into self-love and rebellion and doing things your own way, listening to yourself. This is where it starts. You can go to techcoven.com for the details and to sign up and reserve your spot. Dear listener, be kind to yourself. Be kind if you are in your own version of the pandemic fatigue be kind to yourself if you are struggling in a relationship and being hard on yourself. Be kind to yourself as you do this boundary work, as you do this self-reflection work, as you take breaks from it, because that is part of that work. It is part of your growth cycle to rest, to laugh, to unplug, to distract, to lighten up, to come back, to deepen your roots again. And to do this, you know, it all starts with you. You don't have to do it alone. Dear listener, you are someone worth loving. And it all starts with you. Take good care of yourself. Be kind. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye.